Welcome to What's Eric Eating, Culture Map's weekly look at all things Houston bars and restaurants. I'm your host, Culture Map food editor Eric Salmon. I have Gabriel Medina from Click Virtual Food Hall coming up in a little bit. But first, I'm joined by my co-host this week. She is a expert on all things food, wine, and good times. We follow her on Instagram at Swanky Maven. Felice Sloan, welcome back to the show. How are you? Hey, 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 hey. I am so honored to be here. I feel like I've been gone for a long time. You know, I'm back. Happy to be here talking all things food and Houston and, you know, whatever else we come up with. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. All right. (laughs) Let us dive. Well, I should say the reason that you haven't been around as much is that you have started a new business, Swanky Beauty Bar, uh, in your new role as a licensed esthetician. So you've been You've been a busy entrepreneur. You know, I have. I've been getting people skin right, trying to eat and have cocktails. You know, it's, you know, what's a girl to do? (laughs) Absolutely. All right. Let's dive right into the news of the week. Topic number one, Host Houston, which is the new mixed use development currently under construction in the former Barbara Jordan post office downtown, has revealed the first six vendors for their new 55,000 square foot food hall. That list includes Salt and Time, their companion burger concept that's called Butcher's Burger, Lee Jane's Hot Chicken, Taco Fuego, Supreme, a new restaurant serving pho and bunbo wag, and Jellu Italian Ices. Felice, let me put it to you simply. Are you underwhelmed, overwhelmed, or just whelmed by these first six vendors that are coming to this food hall? You know, I don't, I don't want to act like this, Eric. I'm, I'm just kind of in the middle. I'm in the middle. Yeah, I'm in the middle. I, You're whelmed. I'm whelmed, yes. That's, I'm whelmed, yes. <laughs> no, no, that's reasonable. I, 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 mean, I feel the same way. And I have to say, right, I think, I think getting salt and thyme in Houston from Austin is legitimately exciting. It's a it very yeah. well-known butcher shop with a pretty sophisticated range of culinary offerings. But like, am I going to go to Post Houston just for salt and thyme? I don't know. You know, that's kind of where I'm at. So for me, like, here's why I'm just whelmed. Because I'm super, I've been excited, as many people, what is going to be the first restaurants to open you know, like, it's just exciting, right? Because it's going to be so many. So I guess for me, um, when I look at the list, salt and time's exciting, just kind of based on what you're saying, like, we, we know a little bit about it. It does very well. We got one here. Okay, great. They have their burger concept. I mean, we have burgers, like, great. I'll try it. I'm not going, going there to try a burger. If I'm there, I may try the burger. Um, everything else, uh, it's not exciting. Not because it's not exciting and they don't deserve um, hype. It's it's things that we already have a lot of. <laughs> so to your point, am I going downtown to try to find somewhere to park, to deal with all that, to go to places that I can already get, that I already know so-and-so has my favorite taco. So-and-so has my favorite pub. Like, I, I don't know. 
Right. I, I, I will say, right. I, well, first of all, I think, this, you know, this whole development is over 500,000 square feet. So it will definitely have parking on site. So, you know, from that perspective, you should be good. You shouldn't have to struggle too hard to find parking at this, at this development because Lord knows they're going to need a lot of it. Um, right. In, in terms of a destination worthy, you know, it's not, I don't know. Let, let's just pick like a, let's pick, let's pick an, an, an obviously incorrect um, national profile type restaurant from out of town. It's not like Thomas Keller is opening a Bouchon bakery. Right. Come Mr. on. Yes. Yeah. That would be overwhelming. That would be the kind of like, Oh my God, I can't get this anywhere else in Texas. Like I have to go to post Houston to get this. Now, if they right. as, as a, a wait, stay there, stay there real quick as yeah. a first offering. Right. I think, so if you stay there, I think the first six, and not that they didn't try, they may have tried that. The first six should have been things like that. Like, oh my gosh, I'm so excited. Like, I, I can't wait to get there. And then, then fill in with the other ones, right? Like, build the excitement and make me want to get in the car and go. Like, the hype around it. Right. It, and it's not that Salt and Time isn't good, but if Salt and Time is the, is the best thing that you've got to show us, then, you know, I'll go, like, I'll go. Of course I'll go. It's literally my job to go, but I'm not as excited as I would have been, you know, as I might've expected to be given the scope of the project. Right. Yeah. I'll get, so you're like, yeah, you'll go, I'll get there. Right. So maybe their strategy. And again, because we are in a pandemic, so maybe they were going to have other people that were going to be like, more exciting, they may have pulled out, they may still be negotiating and we'll get them with the next six, you know, when they roll out the additional ones. But what I would like to see, if that does not happen, um, <laughs> excite me with things that we don't have a lot of, you know, get some like um, some legit Caribbean food in there, you know, have a cool um, fun, like we were talking about, a while it was a while back where a fun little oyster dive place like do some things that we just don't see that's kind of unique that's going to be a cool little take on something that we already like that's done very very well right i mean bring in a national name pizza vendor you know bring bring in you know chris bianco or bring in exactly. <laughs> you know Bring in something from New York City or or New Haven, Connecticut that we don't have yet. You know, bring yeah. in. But no, I think I right. I mean, it's it's really too soon to get too high or too low about this because, of course, there's going to be thirty something total different you know kiosks, fast casual restaurants, whatever scattered throughout this food hall. It's a really big space. Yeah. So six like the six is just kind of to whet your appetite. Um, they didn't wet it. They didn't. So if that was that, if they wet my appetite, I'm thirsty. I am dry. I'm that's it. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> all right. <laughs> Let us move on to topic number two. Armando's owners, Armando and Cinda Palacios, have announced that they are bringing their Italian restaurant Lulu's from Round Top to River Oaks. They have claimed the stone mill baker's space that is in the same shopping center as armando's for this new restaurant 
Felice, let me swing this to you. I mean, you are a, a semi-regular round top visitor. Have you been to Lulu's? Are you familiar with Lulu's? Like, what do you know about this restaurant? I've not gone to Lulu's, but I always, because, you know, I'm very, very focused when I'm there. And I'm like, yeah, I'm going to go here, get these things, and then I'm out. But um, when we've had the fried chicken throwdowns in the past, when we've had those there, um, people are always talking about Lulu's. They're they're supporting in um, in in um, Round Top speak. They're pretty legit. People like them, you know. So um, I'm kind of excited. <laughs> I'm kind of excited. Even though I haven't had them in Round Top, I will definitely go in Houston. You know, I'll, I'll go check them out here. Yeah, I I had a really good conversation with Armando and Cinda about this restaurant. And one of the things that they really emphasized is this is a small restaurant. I mean, it's 75 seats. It'll be very intimate and it'll capture some of the magic from the original Armando's on Shepard um, that maybe they haven't had in a while and doing kind of refined Italian comfort food, Italian American food, you know, with a level of service and elegance that, you know, maybe you can't like, like we all love Carabas but that restaurant is huge and can feel a little bit impersonal unless you're a regular, you know, we all love Giacomo's, but that's kind of regional and specific and, and you kind of have to be in the mood for it, even though, you know, I, I count myself as a huge fan. And then there's, you know, DeMarco, which is very fine dining. Um, You know, you have to be dressed up. It's a price point. It's this, it's that it's like, there's, there's a place for, Lulu's that'll have kind of comfort food, like in that sense, the, you know, the kind of food you want to eat every day in, in an atmosphere that's, you know, fits with River Oaks um, and a price point to match, I suspect, but, but just that's, uh, you know, a little more kind of warm and personal maybe than, than some of those other restaurants. Yeah. And I think that's where um, they can excel, right? Um, that whole, I feel it's a, I'm getting comfort food. It's good quality food with a good experience. Um, Cause some of the restaurants that are over there now, you don't get that feel, right? Um, I get the price tag, I get River Oaks district, but I don't get that feel. So um, I'm looking forward to it. I'm looking forward to checking them out. Yeah, absolutely. And then let us move on. Topic number three. We're getting another Postino, the third restaurant, the third location of the wine bar and restaurant is opening in the Town and Country Shopping Center next spring. This is uh, this is one of those projects that had been rumored for a long time, but the deal only got done a couple of weeks ago, you know, because of the pandemic, because of, of all of that. So uh, it is official. Postino is coming to Memorial. And, and I guess my first thought is that there really isn't anything like that in that area other than maybe the tasting room in city center. So it feels like a really good fit for Postino. I agree. That's what I was going to say. Congratulations to that area. Um, Because I'm always looking for somewhere like that to go, like to meet friends. I don't want something too heavy. I want something fun, light. Um, that's like, we can have fun, we can talk, whatever, right? And 
they definitely create that. They create, they have a fun vibe, mood, um, even, even somewhere you can go for a date night or, you know, hang out there and do some work. So I think it definitely fits because that loca that area is lacking places like that. Um, so I'm cheering them on for that. Am I a huge fan? Like, do I go now? Only time I go if someone, like I'm meeting friends that love it. Like, I know you love it. You know, I have a couple, we have mutual friends that love going there. So they love having wine and I'm going to probably go other places. But now if they're in city center, I'll, I'll go because I'm always looking for someone because that's kind of my hood. So I'm always looking for somewhere to go that's like that in, in the city center area. Right, right. I mean, the key is that it's not actually in city center. It's in town and country, which means the parking is a whole lot easier. Right. They'll have this big patio, you know, an indoor outdoor bar, a lot like the Montrose location. And, you know, you talk about getting together with friends. I mean, one of the reasons it's so popular is that it's $5 wines by the glass every day before five. Yeah. So, you know, it's, it feels like a good, it certainly feels like a good value. It is. No, it is. I, like I said, I went with you. I've gone with Lily. Like I'll go with my wine friends and I have the best time because they have delicious wines and it's a wonderful value. Absolutely. All right. And then topic number four Houston is getting a second location of the Palm Steakhouse. The first one, as you know, opened uh, on Westheimer, kind of near the Galleria in 1978, which is a very long time ago. And the new one will open towards the end of 2021 in the Green Street development where Three Forks used to be. So, Felice, help me. Uh, were you there about, I'm going to say six or seven years ago when they renovated the Palm and they had that big media dinner with the giant steaks and the even bigger lobsters. Yes. It's funny that you asked. So that we sat at the same table, that picture of you with that big ass um, lobster, it's, it's your ringtone. <laughs> so I definitely remember that night. I mean, because the steaks, I, uh, you know, the memories pop up and you see these big lobsters, um, so I definitely remember um, they definitely needed that update to the restaurant and it was great to see them do it in such a big way. All right. <laughs> let me, let me ask you a simple question. Have you been back since? I have, I've gone at least twice. Okay. At least, at least twice. One time you were supposed to go and you stood uh, Shannon and I up and we, we sent you a, a nasty gram um, cause you didn't make it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, you know, we, we I mean, we talking, this is family, you know, the, the, the people that call in and listen, they're family. So yes, I remember, I have fond memories of the Palm for good, being stood up by Eric, all those things. Okay, because the, the reason I ask is because it, it's not, for, for me, it's not in the steakhouse rotation. Mm-hmm. And so I don't quite know what to make of this news that they're going to open a second one downtown because I... There are just there are too many other steakhouses for me that are that are feel a little more modern, you know, feel like more of a place that has different menu items that I enjoy. Um, but I recognize that it's kind of old school and that it has its fans, certainly. And so, I, you know, I, I mean, I think it coming like, you know, the Palm was bought earlier this year by Landry's. Landry's obviously knows what they're doing. 
So if they're feeling bullish on downtown and they want to grow the palm, like more power to them. But I, I, I was just trying to sort of figure out who this is for. Yeah, I don't know who it's for. Like, so you did the span of what, six or seven years I've gone two times. Um, yeah, that's, that's not a lot considering I've, I like steak, right? Right. We, we talk about steak. I've gone two times. It's not in my top five steakhouses. I wouldn't recommend it to someone. Now, putting it downtown, would I recommend it to someone? Maybe. Right. Like, well, well, let's think about that because downtown has, has a few steakhouses, right? A like few. <laughs> Landry's Landry's by itself owns Vic and Anthony's uh, Morton's. And a, if you're going more casual Saltgrass steakhouse, then you've got Shula's and garden grace. And then if you go just a little bit outside of downtown, you get B and B butchers and uh, Georgia James and Montrose. So we can't count those because we know, how people are in Houston, they, they, they're not driving. So we don't count Georgia, James, and um, what's B&B. the other one you just said? And B&B, don't count those, because okay. Heights and downtown. Yeah, so out of the ones downtown, Vic and Anthony's, um, and, uh, oh, and Vic Pappas and Anthony's Brothers. Don't let me win. forget there's a Pappas Brothers. Oh, and Pappas, see, I forgot, and Pappas, like those are gonna be, I, I don't know how, who I would recommend it to. Like, I mean, I already have two, that I would recommend over, and I would have to go there to see. And if I didn't recommend those two, then my next thing would be, and if you're willing to drive, then I would go from out, out of downtown like today. That's how I would do it. And if you're willing to drive just a short Uber ride, you can go to um, B&B, but, you know, B&B Butchers. Right. Yeah, so I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I mean, I, I, mean I, I like, you know, they do that Italian stuff, right? They do a chicken parm and a veal parm and some pasta. They're known for those giant lobsters. They're known for a really excellent cheesecake. I don't know necessarily if that's enough to get me to the palm, but you know, there's enough oil and gas types, enough lawyers and finance people that kind of like that old school thing that maybe like they can go to the palm. Maybe right. that makes it slightly easier to get a table at Vic and Anthony's. I don't know. Now, here's the funny. I will say this. When I go to the Palm, I usually prefer going to the Palm in New York. Like, oh, well, I, sure. I, That's where it's from. Right. So it's very funny. Like, you know, when I used to go to um, New York all the time, a couple of times a year, I always go to the Palm in New York because I love the cheesecake. I would go there more than I ever went to the one here. So I don't know <laughs> because we, and I'm saying that because we have so many, we have so much better steakhouses than that, that I would be like, why am I going there if I'm going to go eat steak? I'm just, I may as well go to, you know, X, Y, or Z. So Absolutely. good luck to them though. Good luck yep. to them. All right. That does it for the news of the week. We'll be right back with our restaurants of the week. Stick around. So, Felice, for our Restaurants of the Week, I want to talk to you about two places. Let's start with Acadian Coast. This is the new seafood restaurant in the Second Ward, just down the street from on Navigation, just down the street from Ninfa's. Um, let me just throw it to you. What did you think of Acadian Coast? 
I thought it was everything. I thought it's everything that I look for in a restaurant. I won't even talk about the food yet, right? Like the food could have been okay, even though it was above okay, but it was everything I looked for. It was a wonderful experience, um, aesthetically pleasing. Like it was a space that I would want to be in and it made me smile and made me happy. The attention to detail with the cocktails and the menu, I thought that was great. The wait staff was wonderful. I was watching them interact with other people, not just us. So yeah, so it, it checked, I, I checked all the boxes. Right, I mean, the one thing about it that really stands out is that it has that really big patio right mm-hmm. along navigation. And it was a nice night. And especially at a time when everybody's looking for outdoor dining, you know, just having that, that patio is a, is a good start. Right. It felt like a normal, normal Houston night pre-pandemic. It was, it was uh, 2019 all over again. Absolutely. You know? Yeah. So um, for that, it makes you feel good. Like when I, when I go places now, I give it the feel good meter. Um, and like you said, that patio was something special. It was very special. All right. What were some of your favorite dishes that we tried? Um, I love the dirty rice, the flavor. <laughs> you know, I didn't expect it to, I didn't expect it to taste that good, you know, and I, I had it, we had it with um, the redfish. I think it was just grilled. Um, it was yes. just really beautiful. Yes. And, you know, I was like thinking, okay, this is, this is going to be fine. But I think the cleanness of the redfish complemented that big flavor of the dirty rice. Right, it didn't overpower. So, like, what I found myself eat, I think I ate most of it. I'm sorry, Eric. Um, I kept going back to eating it, but I was eating the fish with the dirty rice. You know, like taking the bites together. Um, that was a favorite. Hmm, what else was a favorite? The oysters. Um, the oh oysters. yeah, the the Rockefeller, absolutely. Yeah, they. I mean, it, they were just nice. You know, like, and they're and I think what made them tastes so good was because the oysters that they're starting out with were the bomb. <laughs> the oysters <laughs> that they're getting out of, I was like, wow. Like, I mean, they're raw oysters. We were, we, we started out well. We were like, man, these are good. Um, and the bread pudding, the strawberry bread pudding, those were favorites for me. Yeah, no, absolutely. I, I agree with all of that. Um, I mean, you are the you are the gumbo snob, and so we had gumbo. How did it How did it kind of hold up for you? I thought it was, and you know, I don't feel bad saying this because I talked to them about it. Um, I would like to see them take it, you know, do that roux the day before, so the flavors can develop more, and then you know, serve it the next day. So. But I could, it had the potential. I could taste it. It was almost there. I was like, <laughs> it was almost there. It wasn't bad. Like, it wasn't bad. I like bigger, I like bigger flavors. Right. I mean, I, I would say I agree with you about all of it. I thought the redfish with the dirty rice was a highlight. That was the fish of the day. Oysters, both raw and Rockefeller, were nice. Um, the Roysters were nicely shucked. The Rockefeller were just gooey, you know, cheesy spinach, super delicious. Uh, Shrimp Rouge was an off-the-menu item that they served to us that they 
kind of gave us to try. Um, I'm not even sure quite how to describe it. It was sort of uh, <laughs> it was just good. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, sautéed sautéed shrimp in like a kind of a tomatoy sauce. Um, super enjoyable. I will say that the fried seafood platter I thought was just a little bit like overcooked and maybe just a little bit fishy, which is not kind of what I'm going for. But, you know, I think overall, I think it's a really nice addition to the area. And I'm uh, looking forward to another visit to kind of try some more of the menu and uh, and maybe, you know, see how it's shaping up. Me too. And that's one of the things I think um, I like about it um, because people think, you know, when they live here or visit here, like, oh, we have so many great seafood um, restaurants like that. We really don't. And I think what they're doing, um, you know, where it's seafood, but then they hit on the, the um, Creole Cajun, like they're, you know, they really want to make sure those, they get those flavors right um and they're you know they're working on it like they're they're constantly updating the menu because they're new um so i think once they get to that place you know as people go and give them feedback they're they're going to be continue to be a top restaurant in houston i'm excited i'm excited i love it i can't wait to go back let me mention the dollar we have to mention these dollar oysters that they're doing on sunday yes absolutely (laughs) saturday uh sundays from sundays after three um, dollar raw oysters, dollar raw oysters, easy for me to say, $2 roasted oysters. Uh, yes. that's just a good deal. Anyway, you slice it and you can go on it's that. It's a great deal. Oh, and we haven't talked about how delicious the cocktails are, but they, they have a really nice, uh, cocktail program. Oh man. <laughs> We're so excited about some food and I felt bad because those cocktails were pretty special. Um, they, They've done a really nice job with the cocktails. They were, they're up there with the food. <laughs> right. Yeah. And it's, it's Greg Starks. who's a sommelier. Who's got, who's never, uh, never run a cocktail program before. I don't think so. You know, uh, props to Greg, props to chef Gina Lopez, props to John Avia, who's the owner of El Burro and the Bull and Henderson and Kane, who's kind of consulting on this project and bringing the whole thing together. Just, uh, a very satisfying uh, first experience at Acadian Coast. Yes. And then before I let you go, I want to talk to you just briefly about the gumbo that Dominic Lee, formerly of Puccine, is making as a kind of on a pop-up basis. Um, Because like I said, you take your gumbo very seriously and you really like this gumbo. So I'm just going to turn it over to you and let you tell the people what makes Dominic's gumbo so good. Eric, I was so excited when you talk, you text me and said, you know, Chef Dom is doing these pop-ups. I'm like, what? And me and him had that gumbo conversation, just talking about the construction of a good gumbo and all that. So I was excited. And then, you know, you go to the site. Each week he's doing four different gumbos. So I ordered the gumbo. I pick it up. But the first week I got seafood gumbo. And what makes this gumbo, here, here's the thing that people miss, and I, I, I hope people get it. So, and people get offended when they're like, oh, um, I went to restaurant X. Have you had their gumbo? I thought it was good. And I'm like, oh, yeah, they have a good gumbo soup. And they're like, what, what, what? I was like, no, it's soup because 
that was not a roux. Like, <laughs> it wasn't a roux. It was a good gumbo soup. Um, so a deconstructed gumbo, however you want to look at it. The thing that he gets is the roux. He takes the time. The flavor is developed. I mean, you and I talked about the flavor. Like, it is just, it's silky, and you can just taste the flavors. They just, it, it, it just, they just roll. Like, it's just rolling in. Um, it's I, I just, it just, I was speechless when I had it. I thought it was good the first week. <laughs> Yesterday, I'm going to get it every week. He's doing it through January. Throughout the winter, he said he's going to keep doing it. So every week. Um, this week, I got smoked chicken leg with sausage. And, man, I think I cried last night because it was so good. Because I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> I was like, oh, my God. And you were like, oh, and you said you're going to get it every week. You're committed. I said, I have to because, you know, I, I can eat gumbo out of season and I want gumbo every week. So if I, I'm going to get my fix while I can get good gumbo every single week. And if you like gumbo, I tell you to check it out. He puts it on sale every Thursday at eight o'clock. They go up, they sell out pretty quick. He always has a vegetarian option. And then he does, you know, just different options. Um, so yeah, I, I was happy, happy. It's a quart, you get a whole quart and they're different prices. And then this week he added bread pudding. Ooh. Oh, <laughs> oh. <laughs> I'm just telling you, it, it, it's a good time. It's a good time in Houston with the gumbo. <laughs> All right. Felice, that does it for our restaurants of the week. Thank you very much. Thank you. And I will be right back with Gabriel Medina. I am joined this week by the chef owner of click virtual food hall we follow him on instagram at full of chef gabriel medina welcome to the show how are you i'm great thank you for having me thanks for doing this i, I always kind of like to start at the beginning of a chef's career so tell me a little bit about how you became interested in the world of working in restaurants and cooking professionally well, let's see. It started maybe like 13, 14 years ago. Um, I had recently moved down here from New Jersey. I was in the finance field, uh, wasn't very successful at it. And uh, I just so stumbled upon it at the Art Institute of Houston. Um, what happened was I had met, uh, well, I had taken my cousin there to drop her off. And uh, what happened was she she was trying to sign up for some sort of class. And then um, I walked into one of the culinary programs and then I was kind of curious about it. About a few, maybe a week or so later, I met this sous chef uh, named Craig Puckett. Uh, he was at the Houston Country Club at a time and then uh, we kind of kicked it off. I, I liked him. I ended up start, uh, applying myself to the Houston Country Club. I met the master chef there. And from then on, I went straight into culinary school and it just happened just like that. Oh, okay, great. Okay, so then when I met you, you were working at, I think, Kata Robata or maybe Soma Sushi, right? Uh, you met me at Kata. I was at Kata when I, first started, when I first met you, yeah. So then kind of talk to me about maybe your experiences working for 
Corey at Kata and then kind of being on your own at Soma because, because after that you went to, you went to Japan for a little while. So I, I kind of want to just, so, yeah. so talk me through life at Kata under Chef Horisan. Yeah. So I originally wanted to look for an Asian style service. I was looking for something um, that I could learn the formalities of. Uh, I'm Filipino and there really isn't any Filipino restaurants for me to learn from. So I chose a restaurant or rather a specific style of cuisine with all the disciplines. Um, I had known Horisan from before. I used to go with my friend, Jesse, Jesse Key. Um, we used to get uni from him back when he was at Kubo's. And around that time, I just asked him. Um, at that time, Philippe Gaston was the chef de cuisine. And I had met Philippe and I met Hori and I wanted to jump on board. Um, but I ended up joining him right when Seth Siegel Gardner went there. Um, that experience, like it, it completely changed. Uh, I think it really shaped a lot of my fundamentals and ideas. A lot of, I've already had a lot of, a little bit, a few years of classical training from like French cuisine working at the Houston Country Club. But being there kind of like allowed me to kind of uh, go past certain parameters or certain uh, disciplines. So I learned a lot of like Japanese and also a really fun, intricate ways of creating food through Seth. And so, it was a tough, it was a tough gig. Uh, I had both Horisan and both Seth, um, both at me <laughs> very strictly. Uh, they were pretty hard on me, but I think I became uh, a better cook in general because of the two of them. A little after that, maybe I think two and a half years after working with Horisan at Kata, um, they had asked me to come help them out at Soma. Uh, Yun Cheng, the owner of Zuma Group and they gave me an opportunity, a really good opportunity to kind of just, you know, as they say, spread your wings and, you know, test things out. I went over to Soma and that's where I met um, the co-chef, co uh, Pascal Choi, super solid chef. Uh, we were kind of at it with, for each other for a while, just kind of like, you know, small bickering, but in the end, he's such a fantastic guy. And we, we collaborated on some really fun things. And I think when I went there, I, I guess what kind of put my name in the spotlight was I started doing ramens there. <laughs> and I, I, that was like kind of an interesting time. And I think that was kind of like when ramens were such a curious thing where people were just like wondering about where ramens come from. Yeah, no, I, I think that's right. I mean, I think that, that this is sort of right when like Tiger Den is opening and kind of introducing Houston to, to once to a new style of ramen and, you know, Goro and gun kind of had its, its moment. And, yeah. uh, you know, now there's, now there's like a Ginya in every suburb. So, you know, yeah. all of, all of Houston knows, but, I, but yeah, I think you were a little ahead of the curve with all that. Yeah. Yeah. It was, um, it was a something fun, um, winding backwards. My, my, my classical training that I was really trying to focus on back in the French brigade was to be a saucier. And a saucier is someone who's in charge of soups, stocks, and broths. That's like one of my biggest passions. Like people always ask me what I like to make and I really enjoy making soups and I have fun making sauces. It's just, there's always a lot of techniques involved and sometimes you need a lot of um, patience to make certain things. And, uh, and in the end, after, you know, few, a day or two of making like, you know, a demi-gloss, the, the final result is just something so delicious. Or, or going back to ramens too, when I was using Revival Market's bones to make that Texas ramen, 
super solid and something like that, just in the end, the final product is so, uh, I guess, fantastic. Right. So you, I mean, at that point, I mean, you, you worked around a little bit, you did some consulting, but, but eventually you made your way to Narisawa in Tokyo, which is one of the, the great restaurants in the world. I mean, how did you, how did you kind of decide that that's what you needed to do for your, for your career? And, and what was that like? Okay. So um, I had started chefing at a much later age. And so I started when I was like 24 ish. So around that time, I told myself that I have certain goals that I have to meet. Um, I have to catch up. Uh, a lot of people, you know, uh, started younger age and I had to catch up. I had to learn from the best. I had to work with the best. There go Horisan and Seth. Um, and then from there, or also the country club too. And then from there, when I went with Soma, after Soma, I had a really good business partner. I mean, not business partner, um, co-chef who we I learned a lot from, had the opportunity to learn on my own, the independence of running your own business. And I chose to do, and I told myself a long time ago that I have to go travel. I have to go learn at some of the best kitchens in the world. I need to see what's out there. And I have to understand, you know, I feed off that kind of culture. Um, and Narisawa was everything and more. It had taught me a lot of things, especially humility. <laughs> um, it was It's a tough kitchen. It was a really tough kitchen. And if you don't, respect the first the kitchen culture or the Japanese culture if you don't understand those things it's really hard to 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 become better or to really collaborate or work with the team there um, I got my butt kicked there and I've always told myself if if I'm not working somewhere and I'm not getting my ass kicked then I'm not really learning anything and so there was just a total ass kicking excuse my my language but no no you can you can say that it's okay <laughs> but it was it was great and um um it opened up my eyes and I, I got to taste and see and experience the front of the house the back of the house the the, the care the the care that chefs should have for the products they have and you know it's it's stuff that we kind of knew but um, as you learn through guest culinary school or working at different kitchens but they're just literally farm to table learning what products are visiting farms going straight to the to the to the crops and plucking greens and micros and everything and just yeah it's 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 an enamoring experience i highly recommend anyone to just get out of town and get your ass kicked <laughs> right. And then you came back to Houston and, and you said, you know, when you, when you first started cooking, there really wasn't like a Filipino restaurant or a Filipino chef that you could work with. Um, but you, you did get that opportunity because you got to work with Paul Key. Yeah. And you opened a key. Yeah. Um, and, you know, look, I don't, I don't really want to get into sort of the politics of uh, surrounding that restaurant, obviously, you know, Paul was having some legal trouble at the time and that attracted some negative attention. Um, but just from like a, like a professional experience, I mean, what was it like working with him and what did you kind of take from your, your time there? Uh, a key was really a dream restaurant. I like, it was like, we opened with such a really great solid team. Um, and it was fun. Um, we we had opened right before Harvey had hit, <laughs> so um, 
working with all these really great chefs, it was incredible and all, but Harvey like kind of just kicked us in the nuts. And it was, it's been really, it was really tough afterwards. But working with Paul and working with these fantastic chefs, I got to really play with Filipino food. Um, the most I ever learned from Filipino cooking was either in cookbooks or what my grandma would teach me or my mother would teach me or whenever I traveled to the Philippines or Asia or Southeast Asia anywhere, uh, or rather the Philippines in general, um, I could taste and try things there. But at a key, I really got to play around with Filipino food. I don't want to say I elevated Filipino cuisine because Filipino cuisine is super solid on its own. You can take like simple things like roasting a pork and uh, which we call lechon and having a beautiful, beautiful crisp skin. It's, it's not elevating it. It's already fantastic on its own. Um, I just I just got to play with it and try it with different flavors, different profiles without sacrificing the true integrity or the, the, the relevant culture, I guess you would say, of the dish. Um, and working with Paul was crazy because we would, and I tell this story all the time too, is like all the chefs would line up all their dishes when we we're doing our tastings. And down the line, everyone makes their dishes and Chef Paul and myself um, would specifically go down the line, eat every single dish, and right then and there, bam, 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 his mind would just like totally, you know, dissect it, say what it needs. He knows exactly what they could, they did with this and what they should have done, and and it, it was great. And um, the chefs, you know, they they did their best by taking it with a grain of sand and um, a grain of salt or whatever the expression is, and they just, you know, <laughs> it was a beating, but it was it was still really a great experience, learning experience, and it helped push the cooks, the team, into another level of looking past, you know, your personal pride, um, your personal, you know, uh, or helping create personal growth as a cook. Um, and it, overall, it was, it was a really great cooking experience. Right. And then so that kind of brings us, I guess, to Click. Um, I mean, you, you have all these great restaurant experiences. I was, I mean, I know I was surprised when I heard you were going to open a delivery restaurant instead of a sit-down restaurant. So, so how did you how did you kind of come to that decision? Uh, to be honest, like um, part of it was, uh, I think Narisawa had kicked my ass. Aki had kicked my ass, <laughs> and um, I just wanted to start with something fun. Um, Click has been a really awesome test kitchen. Um, I've had opportunities to make all the foods I've always loved to make without the restrictions of saying, I open a French restaurant. So you have to really, really play within that frame of what is a French cuisine. I didn't have to teeter totter or dolly around with certain ingredients or things like that. But I got to try to create different concepts, knowing all the knowledge that I knew with a really great team and with all the resources we could and we started testing things out and trying things out being thorough about things now with click we had it was the the location when we found it was this really blue this cute blue house off of durham uh and the near the corner of uh, washington it's rel rel relatively close to washington avenue we had found this place and it just had screamed to us that this would be a great spot for this kind of concept because we had 
everything we needed there. It was a cute house. It had had history, um, had the space, the equipment we needed to execute what we needed. Uh, more importantly, it was just, uh, I don't know, the vibe of the place felt great. Well, yeah, and it's super centrally located for a delivery concept, right? You can hit the Heights yeah. and Montrose and downtown and midtown yeah. and yeah, I mean even even Third Ward, my my yeah. neighborhood. So yeah, you, you hit it right on the nail. <laughs> you cover a lot of ground. Um, I mean, you're doing so many different concepts out of this one kitchen. I mean, I I I should have the list in front of me. I'm not that organized, but no, it's okay. But you're doing poke. You're doing Japanese curries. You're doing you know salads. You're doing kind of American comfort food. You're doing uh, pizza, you're doing tacos. I mean, how do you, uh, and, and I guess most importantly, right. You're doing, you're doing really cool, like Filipino food. Yeah. Um, yeah. so, so I guess, do you have like a couple of favorite concepts and, and kind of, how did you, how have you kind of evolved the mix over time and, and sort of, how do you, yeah, start with that, I guess. So favorite concepts, um, obviously 7,000 Island, the Filipino concepts, kind of been a passing project of mine for since the beginning of my whole career um so and surprisingly enough there's things on that menu that people are ordering like this pork blood dish called dinaguan um which we thought people would be like oh whatever about no they're they're interested in it and we we sell it on a regular quite a bit on a regular basis um and it's been fun and i got to i get to showcase other filipino dishes that are not normally seen i guess what people know about most people know about just the lumpia which is the fried egg roll the buncit which is you know like a rice noodle uh, or different types of buncits and then of course um adobo which what most people hear about which is like a sometimes with soy sometimes with garlic which adobo is like this um um, chicken or pork that's braised with vinegar and garlic um usually with potatoes and rice but people have been trying things out that are different from that 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 aren't regular like this one dish that we call um probably my number one one of my number one dishes it's called the bicol express it's a coconut braised pork with fermented shrimp paste and thai chilies it's super solid and um my friends love to order it they love it extra spicy and and i always try to recommend it to people who've never had not just filipino food but any of our click food if you like if you if if you really want to try something from click i highly recommend getting the bicol express it's just something that is super delicious um, and uh, kind of reflects not just Filipino culture, but kind of the food I like to make. Um, other than that, there's some other concepts too. Um, bowling club, which is this fun play of my time in Japan. Uh, when I was in Japan, um, when we get off work at 1 or 2 a.m., the team is starving. We just want to get a beer. We don't have to go in. It's late the next day. We would just go to a random izakaya or, um, or a um, Yoshinoya, which is like this beef, uh, rice bowl place. Don't worry, don't worry, are rice, Japanese rice bowls. And we would just eat these things like katsu don, katsu curry, and just enjoy them. So don't, the, the bowling club concept is really fun and also a pretty successful um, concept or menu that we have. And then also we've had some really good collaborations with some friends with uh, Burger Chan uh, and Diane Fang's, Diane Fang's um, concept, which has been super awesome, well-received, and uh, you clearly love it. <laughs> you yes. can order from it. I, I've said many times, this is a pro Burger Chan podcast. 
<laughs> thank you. <laughs> They're awesome. They're fantastic. And thank you for ordering from us for them. <laughs> well, so, so yeah, let's, let's talk about that. I mean, it, 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 it never would have occurred to me when you started this, that you would wind up partnering with other restaurants in this case, Burger Chan and Ninja Ramen to serve their food prepared in your kitchen and, and sold via your platform. So, so how did those partnerships kind of come together? And I mean, have they been beneficial for you in terms of increasing your sales and your profile and, and all of that? So um, the Burger Chan thing started off with a simple question from Diane, um, Willett's wife, a uh, co-owner of Burger Chan. She just asked if uh, we'd be they'd be interested on joining our platform because at the time when she had asked it, they were in silent, I guess, they, they, they were planning on uh, shutting down shop. I think this was back in August. They were planning in September, I think it was September, first week of September or something like that, they were closing. But it was like early August, they had kind of quietly mentioned that she wanted to join our platform. And by that time, they have not, they, they didn't announce it. They didn't want to announce the closing of Burchan. Uh, but we had talked about it and then I brought it up to my business partner, Steven Salazar, and we were like, heck yeah, let's do it. Cause they're great people. Their product is great. Um, I'm super appreciative of them joining our platform. It's been very positive for us and it's been cool. And we've, uh, I, I think I talked to Will even more now uh, than I did before. I think I even went climbing with him and fucked up my hands <laughs> from climbing <laughs> with him. But um, it, it's, it's, and I would go again because first of all, they're really great people. Second of all, I guess, uh, I'll, I don't know if it's second or not, but their product is super solid and they are hands down my favorite burger in town. And it's super hard to find another burger like that in town. I've tried all these different places. They just, they just, they just don't get the Maillard reaction down right. And, um, so yeah, having them on our platform has been a blessing and, um, and we want to try to help them for their future concept whenever they decide to open their brick and mortar. And, um, it's been a pretty cool collaboration. In fact, I'd probably want maybe sometime in the future to do something with him again. Um, will it, if you're listening, <laughs> and I would love to, because he's, he's a super solid guy. No, absolutely. They're a great pair. Um, and then, so. I mean, are you, are you talking to other restaurants? I mean, is that, do you aspire to that? I mean, I, I, I mean, I look at the roster of, of menu items and everything that you offer and, and I know how relatively small that, that house is on Durham. I mean, how many more, how many more concepts do you think you can add out of this one facility? Honestly, um, we, we can keep going. We can, we can keep adding however we like. Um, of course we, 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 Probably, I think on a biannually basis. I mean, every five or six months, we try to cut things out. We just cut some stuff off recently on the menu to kind of shrink and consolidate, because obviously, certain things, you know, in the chef world or the industry world, you don't want it to go to waste. You don't want it to be frozen. You have wasted product. But um, we have some people in line that we're, we've been talking to. We'd love to do more concepts with other people, but we're also trying to pay attention to what 
what our customers like. And we get a lot of feedback and responses from our customers. You know, one customer specifically, we, you know, one of our regulars, we had asked her, hey, what would you like to see on our platform? And she was like, I love Greek food, Greek and Mediterranean food. So we started adding hummus to our menu and making kofta and falafels and so forth. And that's been received very well. And um, that's kind of where, how we kind of grow too. We partially organic, sorry, that's my Roddy, um, partially, partially organic and then partially um, collaborative with the friends who either we want to work with or collaborate together to work with because in the end um, with the pandemic and all, I think everyone is trying to find a way to kind of just get through this and work with each other, see, you know, how we can help each other out. And uh, Chris with Ninja Ramen, super solid um, collaboration too. Uh, the ramens have been really well received and, you know, and again, we're helping each other out in our own ways of, you know, pushing his name out there, letting people know that they can get his ramen on our platform. And, you know, we're telling people about the ramen um, and it's just like collaborative work. And, and I think that's really important is that us as chefs to kind of do everything we can together um, because in the end, we're kind of alone. <laughs> There's not anyone else out there who's going to try to push each other out besides your friends or your peers There's, or you, Eric Sandler. <laughs> There's not too many people out there who's going to really, you know, be there for you and fight in your corner because we're not getting so much besides our customers, our awesome customers, you know, so. Yeah, no, I, I did kind of wonder about that because, you know, you, I mean, a, a delivery only or, you know, delivery and to-go concept seems so well-suited for this year when, because you don't have to worry about, you know, capacity issues or your dining hall being closed and you can you can really like limit your your staff interaction. You don't have to interact face-to-face -face with your guests. I mean, have you... Have you seen growth this year as people kind of stay home and, and are looking for alternatives? Well, <clears throat> to be honest, it hasn't been like a crystal stare. <laughs> Everyone imagines like, oh, you guys are perfectly set for this or doing for this. But when the pandemic happened, um, offices weren't ordering from us anymore. So our lunch caterings were gone. <laughs> you know, We had planned out all these things for, you know, oh, this office is going to order from this much, this much, and then like that, it was just like Thanos click. <laughs> it was gone, like right. half. <laughs> and, you know, we were struggling just like everyone else. Um, we did see a pickup in, you know, deliveries for home, but in the end, like we still lost like a, a significant amount of our revenue stream from offices. Uh, luckily, though, as of lately, I think people have started to adapt to it. We're getting, we're, our big thing right now is uh, we're getting people doing their Zoom calls. And so we cater for them. So we drop the food off and they do their Zoom calls. Um, we did one uh, recently uh, over 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 uh, over the, the holiday week, right before Thanksgiving for kids meals. One of the, the um, charity groups that we um, provide food for every week, uh, they asked us to kind of help do their 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 luncheon for I don't know I think it was like two hundred people ish I can't even remember the number and we had to make sure we sent it out to all these 
different families where they have their dinner time. So the next, I mean, their lunch time. So the next day over, they would have this cool luncheon and all our food was prepared for them and packed for them. And we've been doing things like that, which has been super awesome. We've been really grateful. So um, if you guys think about um, any charities you want to help out, uh, kidsmeals.inc has been a really fantastic charity. They provide children for kids under a certain age group, uh, preschool or rather young age group that can't have a great meal. Um, food is really important for nutrition and de uh, developmental growth. And so, yeah, so if you can help them out. <laughs> All right, I've, I've, I've got a, just a couple more questions for you. The, the first one is, do you see opening like click hubs in other parts of Houston? I mean, there, there've got to be, you know, like you, you deliver within a seven mile radius, right? So you can't, you can't reach like the energy corridor, you can't reach the woodlands or you can't reach Sugarland. I mean, do you, are you, do you get inquiries or do you think that the, this could be successful in other parts of Houston? We've, uh, my business partner and I talk about this. We, uh, with the way things are, we, we, we would like to have more hubs, but we'd also like to have brick and mortars too. So some of these test, these test kitchens or these concepts have been quite successful and fruitful. We'd like to see them uh, probably get a brick and mortar soon. Um, so like a bowling club restaurant? Yeah, a bowling club. Or, you know, if I want to, 7,000 Islands or um, any of those concepts. Or... Or itself too. If we find like a, if again, if we find a good commissary space that we screen that it screams out to us that tells us this is like a great deal, this is a perfect spot to do it. That could be the next thing too. It really, it we have to just I guess bend with the wind and see how things go. Um, just like when we found Click the Blue House on Durham, the location has to scream out to us and tell us that this is the right place. <laughs> but all of that's all in plans. We have all so many plans in motion um, and so many relationships we've made over the past year and so many great things that have happened with us that we've been very fortunate for. Um, again, yeah, we've been taking a lot of hits, but at the same time, we're very lucky and blessed for having great customers. All right, and then put together your ideal click dinner for two. I know you mentioned the Be Call Express. Like what else would you, what would, what would you start with and, and what would you sort of build around? Oh man, that's so, so hard for dinner or lunch. Cause <laughs> well, for, for dinner, let's we'll, okay. We'll make for it... dinner. Um, uh, well, I'll say this uh, probably if you're going to do, if you're going to do Be Call Express, you might as well just do a Filipino dinner. You can have, you can have like the lumpia, which is the fried egg rolls in the beginning, then the Bicol Express, maybe the ensalada. Or if someone in your family doesn't want Filipino food and just wants a burger for dinner, we clearly have Burger Chan. Because that's the beauty about what our what our business is. You, someone can have a burger. Someone can have Filipino food. Someone can have pasta or even a poke bowl or even tacos. Um, I think that plus our pretzel banana bread pudding in the end, it's a super solid meal. Yeah, I, I mean, I like kind of going healthy and not, right? So I can get a poke bowl <laughs> yeah. and also tater tots. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I like the yeah. flexibility. Yeah, no sour cream. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, it just ruins the whole thing. Yeah, but um, we're, we're doing this thing right now for the holiday season. People check us out. This is my plug. Um, we have the, we're doing a turkey leg dinner 
for people who want to either celebrate at home, want to do a Zoom call, uh, check us out, go to our website or download our app, click Virtual Food Hall on any Android or iOS, and you could see uh, some of the things that we're doing, but also on the website, and you could see that we're doing these catering package where it's like you can get a turkey leg and you can choose a side from like mac and cheese or 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 butternut squash and you also get a salad and a great banana uh, pretzel banana bread pudding that's meant for people who we got a lot of requests for for the single families or so forth that just want like a simple holiday meal for thanksgiving same thing we'll go all, we'll be we'll be featuring this stuff all the way till like december um till you know new year's eve so Check those out. Those are really good meals, by the way. They're super fun. Our smoked legged concept. <laughs> yeah, I, I haven't had the chance to try the turkey legs yet, but it's definitely my next my next Burger Chan order will be will be a turkey leg for sure. Yeah, for sure, solid. I uh, got some good feedback. Some some of our friends like uh, the we do a we, when we smoke our turkey leg, we cover it with a lot of the pastrami seasoning. Uh, spices like coriander, black pepper, but we also put these crazy toppings on it. Rather, not so crazy. And we, had, one of the best toppings that one of my friends was telling me um, was uh, the 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 adobo ginetang adobo, which is like a coconut adobo sauce that you put on top with Thai chilies. Super solid, and uh, hopefully you like that. Absolutely. Um, and then I do have to I, I do I do have to put in one request because there's one thing. You you made fried chicken when you were consulting for Bosta Kitchen, <laughs> and that has not made the menu at Click yet. And so I don't know if you if you have to do it as like a Sunday night special, or as like a family package, or or you know it doesn't have to be every day. But <laughs> that fried chicken is maybe the best fried chicken, and and it's just it's it's just not it's not acceptable to me as someone who loves fried chicken that oh. I can't get it anymore. <laughs> So, wow, thank you. Wow, thanks. I didn't know you like it that much. That was uh that's definitely in the works. Um we're just trying to figure out what day would be a good I've 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 been personally trying to figure out what day would be a good day to do that, but that's in the works. I will I will listen to your requests and as a customer, uh as a regular and customer of ours, I will do my best to fulfill that request. All right, thank you. <laughs> All right, and then Gabe, before I let you get out of here, we have to play the lightning round. Oh my gosh. Questions, five short answers. Just say the first thing that comes to mind. Oh my God. <laughs> Gabe, go. Gabe Medina, what is your favorite ingredient? Oh shit. <laughs> uh, oh man. Uh, favorite ingredient? Uh, good salt. All right. What is the first band you ever saw in concert? Oh, New Kids on the Block. <laughs> Who is your favorite Houston sports figure, past or present? Uh, past or present, past or present. Uh, I guess you could say oh, Warren Moon. All right. <laughs> what is your fast food guilty pleasure? It has to come from a restaurant with a drive-thru. Fast food guilty pleasure with a restaurant with a drive-thru? Yes, that's how I define fast food. So it can't be like a taco truck or uh you know. Okay. Um, when it comes to fast food, the McChicken sandwich, but you have to go to a specific McDonald's, like just that $1 McChicken sandwich. Something about it when it's hot, crispy, and um, lettuce and mayo. When they do it right, it's solid for a good dollar. Uh, that's kind of my weakness, <laughs> chicken sandwiches. <laughs> All right. And then when you go to a pizzeria for the first time, what are your go-to toppings? 
Ooh. First, uh, thin crust is my thing, but it's not a topping. If it's a thinner pizza, I don't like the fat ones. Um, Go-to toppings. Uh, Let's see. Sausage. Sometimes tomatoes. Yeah, tomatoes. If I got tomatoes. And maybe mushrooms. Fair enough. All right. Give us the, the website for Click Virtual Food Hall. Uh, www.clickvirtualfoodhall.com or you can find us on any iOS or Android. Uh, Click Virtual Food Hall as well. Awesome. Gabe, thanks so much. Appreciate you, Eric. Have a good day. Thanks. You can follow me on Instagram at Eric Sandler. Keep it locked on culturemap.com for all the latest Houston bar and restaurant news. Thanks so much for listening. I'll be back next week.